The scripture today is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. This is from the message. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Nun, dann macht meine Freude vollkommen und haltet entschlossen zusammen. Lasst nicht zu, dass euch etwas gegeneinander aufbringt, sondern begegnet allen mit der gleichen Liebe und richtet euch ganz auf das gemeinsame Ziel aus. Llenenme de alegría, teniendo un mismo parecer, un mismo amor, unidos en alma y pensamiento. <coughs> Rendez-moi joie parfaite, ayant un même sentiment, un même amor, une même âme, une même pensée. Tum mutse puri tara vishwaska prasana karo, me chata hu. Tum ek se socho, parasper ek jaise prem karo, atma me ek rakho, or ek jaisa hi lakshai rakho. Ha igen, akkor tegyétek meg, amire kérlettiteket, hogy az örömömnek nem maradjon semmi híja. Hozzátok összhangba egymással a gondolkozásotokat, és ugyanazzal az Isteni szeretettel szeressétek egymást. Éljetek teljes egyetértésben, és ugyanarra a célra törekedjetek. Rendete una perfetta la mia gioia, avendo un medesimo pensare, un medesimo amore, essendo un animo solo e di unico sentimento. Crottamia hammam hantusro. 같은 사랑을 가지고 하나가 되어 내 기쁨을 충만하게 하십시오. Então me façam completamente feliz. Um peço que vocês tenham o mesmo modo de pensar, que tenham o mesmo amor uns pelos outros e tenham o mesmo espírito e um único propósito. Πληρώσατε μου την χαράν, είναι το αυτό φρονείτε, την αυτήν αγάπην έχοντες, σύμψυχοι το εν φρονούντες. Εμού αγιαμικούν, κι εγι κι ελιτζέ, ονι νουκονόν, κι εγι κι ελιμού, σόκον κι ασέντσι, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you for reading in so many of God's languages. A friend of mine was um, 
in a conversation with a group and they started off with a name game and the person said, the, the person who was facilitating said, please say your names and a job that you would love to have. And my friend, when it got to her, she said her name and then she said, I would love to do what Anthony Bourdain does. <laughs> to just travel all over the world and eat. She said that I, every time now I see Anthony Bourdain, I think, oh, that does look fun. Anthony Bourdain was once asked, what is your favorite dish? And he said, you know, it's really not about my favorite dish. It's not about the food. It's about the people with whom you eat. That's what's important. That's good spiritual wisdom. And in some ways, that's what we're doing today. We're recognizing that we come to the table of the Lord. Um, and it's not about the bread. It's about the people with whom we eat. God has created a global family and said, be a witness to my love for all people. Be one. The scriptures that were read today come from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. And it is a wonderful passage, but there are two things that I just want to focus on today that I sense may be helpful for us in this congregation, in our denomination, and in the global church. Paul says to the church, be of the same mind, having the same love. Be of the same mind, having the same love. Would you say, being of the same mind with me, being of the same mind, having the same love, that may be a clue to what it is to be the church in this day and age. Now, we're not quite sure exactly what Paul was referring to in that, but the scholars who are much smarter than I am have a sense that he was addressing a church division between Evodia and Syntyche. Evodia had her crowd that was backing her, and Syntyche had her crowd that was backing her, and the two of them had a high-profile church fight. We're not quite sure about what, but isn't that... I don't know what the term is, but... Wouldn't it be awful if your name was saved forever in the history of the church as the one who was in the church fight? Oh, do you remember Evodia and Syntyche? Paul kind of calls them out. But what he's also doing is saying, look, I know about your fight. I know about your different groups that are trying to outdo each other and arguing over who is right. It's not about who is right. It's not about who is wrong. It's really about who is loving. Because when we're not loving, we're, we're out of the flow. We're not in sync with God's Holy Spirit. And we're not able to be a vessel of God's healing and God's love and God's call to care for all people when we are busy fighting with one another. Paul says, be of the same mind, having the same love. Well, let's just focus on that for a bit. Having the same love, what does that look like? In some ways, it's 
having the same love of Jesus. The, Jesus, the, the love that Jesus had for God, for neighbor, and for those who are on the margins, those who are on the outside looking in, those who are deemed not acceptable for whatever reason in Jesus' age. And Jesus seemed to have a special place in his heart for them. So Paul was writing to the early church and to us, have that same kind of love for God, for neighbor, and for those who are on the margins, those who are oppressed, those who are hurting, those who are on the outside looking in. John Wesley had three simple rules. John Wesley, founder of our Methodist tradition, do good, do no harm, stay in love with God. I don't know what that looks like for each of you or for me or for us as a church to stay in love with God. I have a sense that some people may feel like, I don't know what it is to be in love with God. If you feel that, praise God, that may be an opportunity to say in your own prayers, God, I want to fall in love with you. I don't even know what that means, but I, I desire that. Some in our congregation started their journey of faith with a great and a deep love for God, but that love has grown a little bit warm or even cold. And maybe our prayer is, God, help me to fall in love with you again. That would be a good prayer. One of the ways that we fall in love with God is by keeping our eyes focused on Jesus. Who he loves, we are called to love. Jesus was always loving those who were on the outside of acceptability, looking in, standing at the windows, looking at the feast, hoping that they might catch a crumb from the table. Those are the people that stopped Jesus in his tracks. He turned around and saw them, which was quite progressive in his day. And he even invited them to eat with him, which is probably why Jesus was killed, because he was eating with people who were so-called unclean, so-called outsiders, so-called sinners, and by eating together in biblical times, that means we're forgiven, we're good. So it was quite outrageous for Jesus to be eating with these so-called sinners and thereby saying these people are forgiven. We need models like that. Jesus is a model, but we need present-day models of Christians who are willing to be written off for doing something that the world says looks ridiculous. We need to be willing to be called fools and maybe be spoken of with dismissing terms like, oh, those Christians, those Christians, they love everybody. Wouldn't that be a great reputation to have? Oh, those Christians, oh, they are so indiscriminate. They, they'll have a meal with anybody, even people who we don't like. Oh, those Christians, they're so unsophisticated. They just love everybody. 
A few years ago, Julie, Matthew, and Elizabeth and I were on a, a trip to Southern California to visit our good friends, Michael and Rebecca. And one day we went to the border to spend a day in Tijuana. How many of you have been to Tijuana? Oh, many of you, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've been there recently, but the, the security wall is, is so imposing. We went up with our passports and we got in line and the passport person checked our records and checked the computer, allowed us through. It took us about hmm, maybe 10, 20 minutes to get through the border into Tijuana. And then we had a long walk across a few bridges over what seemed to be a no man's land of a catch basin for water. And, um, and then we got into the village and we had some of the best Mexican food. It was absolutely delicious. On the way back, it took us about an hour and a half to get through the lines. The lines were stretching further than we could see. There is a community of Christians every Sunday that meets at the wall at a certain part of the fence separating California, Southern California with Northern Mexico. And there are pastors and lay people on both sides of the border and they celebrate the Eucharist together. And the pictures that are in your bulletins, on the front of your bulletin, are a little bit dated because that fence actually has gaps in it that you can fit more than a finger or two through the fence so that family members on both sides of the border can touch one another's fingers and hold one another's hands and maybe even kiss one another. Parents can kiss their child on the other side of that wall, on the other side of that fence, and be able to see one another and touch one another. Now, I understand that that wall has been, that fencing has been replaced with fencing that is even more narrow so that all you can do is touch the fingertips of the people on the other side of the fence. Mothers and fathers touching their children's fingertips, that's it. Every Sunday, Christians gather at that fence, at that wall that separates our countries, and they celebrate the Eucharist, and they take small pieces of bread, and they push it through the fence to their brothers and sisters in Christ on the other side of the fence, and they have communion with one another, and they recognize their oneness in Christ, and they recognize the gifts of Christ that they are receiving from the other side of a border. And they feed on Christ with faith and with thanksgiving. Friends, the world needs followers of Jesus who are willing to take the risk of going outside of our tribe, outside of our comfort zone, outside of our denomination, outside of our culture, outside of our language group, outside of our nationality, to be builders of bridges, 
who look beyond walls. Walls that separate people. By the way, do you know that the word for devil is one who separates? In Spanish, perhaps Italian too, diabolos. To separate into two. There are people and dynamics in our culture who thrive on trying to separate people. We, followers of Jesus, have been taught by the risen Christ that God wants us to be one, to find unitive consciousness with God and unity with one another. We are people who come together and who build bridges and look beyond walls. If we're going to be in the flow of love, perhaps the church can be a place that can help us with some spiritual practices that may put us in the flow of love because, you know, when we have days that are not going well for us, it's hard to be in the flow of love. We're too busy judging or defending ourselves or just getting in touch with anger and fear. So we need practice. We need to practice even small ways where we can be in the flow of love. Let me offer this as one. God has created us, all human beings, with a place deep in our heart that is hardwired to love. That's how we're created. Most babies and children get that very easily. They don't need to be taught that. They know that. They receive love, they give love, even with a, a look, a smile, a gurgle. It's preverbal. We human beings have that in us, a part of our heart that is made to love, to give love and receive love. But as we grow older, that part of our heart seems to get more and more obscure, and we, unless we're really intentional, we may not use it that often. Or we only use it with the people who are safe and who are so close to us that it's easy to love. Praise God for those people and those relationships. I want to invite you, if you will, to close your eyes, to perhaps just envision that place in our hearts that is made and meant to give love and receive love. Underneath all of our racing minds, there is a place in our hearts that I invite us to get in touch with now, that part of us that loves easily and with joy and with gratitude. Now envision in your mind's eye people that you love and from that place of your hearts Look at those people in your mind's eyes and smile at them with nothing but love. Can you picture them? Maybe it's a mom or a dad or a son or a daughter or a brother or a sister or a grandchild or a grandparent. Just smile at them with the look of love from your heart. Now picture someone that you may have interacted with yesterday 
in some kind of transaction. Maybe it was a bank teller, maybe it was a cashier, maybe it was someone working in a store or working at a farmer's market. Picture them, you may know them by name, you may not. And look at them in your mind's eye from the place of love in your heart. And just smile. Let the, the heart of love within you smile at them. Can you picture them? Practice sending love to them even in your mind's eye. Now, picture someone in your workplace or your neighborhood that you see regularly. Smile at them with your heart, even now. And hold that loving gaze on them and send them nothing but love. Now, Christians, let's practice this. Picture someone with whom you disagree, someone who makes you uncomfortable or angry, someone with whom you have had debates and you do not see eye to eye. Maybe it's someone you know, maybe it's someone you've seen on TV. Just picture them in your mind's eye and from the place of love in your hearts, smile at them and send them nothing but love. Keep trying. Send them nothing but love. God, thank you for this place in our hearts that receives your love and longs to share your love. Come, Holy Spirit. Put us even more in the flow of love so that we can love all people. In the name of Christ, we pray. And the people of God said, Amen.